Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Bravo Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. Hi, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Passionate Wolf Talk Radio. And my topic tonight is bullying. We are going to hear the unvarnished truth from my guest and I. Have you ever been bullied? Are you a bully? What was your experience like being bullied? How did it feel if you were a bully to bully somebody? Right your comments. Send them in to me, Pasha World Talk Radio. I would love to hear it. Being bullied affects you the rest of your life. I was bullied. My guest tonight is going to talk about her son's experience. And I want to say to the listeners, mean boys and girls grow up to be mean men and women, except there's no playground. It's called the workplace, the work environment. Back in the 60s and 70s when I was growing up, I didn't have the media to deal with. It was face-to-face. These young children now, I feel sorry for them because they're bullied not just in their face. They're bullied on their social media, continuously being bombarded. Suicide rate goes up. Suicide happens. Why? Because they can't take it anymore. And parents... I want you to listen to this show. I want you to have open communication with your children. If your children are telling you they're being bullied, you need to listen. You need to do something about it. And I want to welcome my guest, who is special. I love her, Erica Hess. Welcome, Erica. Good evening. Thank you. How are you? I know you're tired. I'm I'm tired, but I'm good. How are you? Oh, good, thanks. Uh, What has been your experience with bullying, either with yourself, your son? um, We could just, what I call, spill your guts. All right, well, um, I mean, when I was younger, I don't don't think I really considered a bullying. Um, I was picked on because I was smaller. I'm only five foot two now, so I was only a a tiny little thing. but the stuff that I see now is just, it's frightening, and I don't know how kids deal with it. I mean, I know, obviously, the suicide rate is high. When I was young, I hadn't even ever really heard of suicide, and now there's 12, 13-year-olds killing themselves because of this. Um, my oldest is the main one who gets bullied. He will be 15 this year, but he is on growth hormones because he has growth hormone deficiency. Um, he was four pounds, 13 ounces when he was born. So he's always been smaller. Um, in kindergarten, he started getting bullied. The school he was going to at the time, they were amazing. They looked out for him, so it kind of stopped. Um, middle school started. Sixth grade was fine. Seventh grade rolled around, and he would get picked on, and a lot of it he wouldn't tell me, I guess mainly because he was embarrassed. But I happened to find a letter in his backpack one day from a kid saying, I'm sorry, I did what I did. I won't do it again because I don't want to get in trouble. Not because I felt bad. And what had happened was this kid pulled down my son's pants in the middle of class for no reason, just to be cruel. My son didn't tell me about it because he was embarrassed. The school didn't call me because they thought the other person at the school called me, which was ridiculous. And I went up there and filed a report against this child, and he got sent to what they call the academy. Um, I guess this child had issues at the previous school. And then his eighth grade year that he's in now, obviously they're not in school, but he had an orange thrown at his head. He had a kid take his pencil sharpener throw it at him and then crush it and I mean it's a pencil sharpener but 
the principle of it, you know, I'm a single mom, I can't afford just to go out and buy stuff, even though it was like a 25-cent pencil sharpener, the kid needed to learn a lesson. Um, and the school just sits back, and they claim that they're going to do this, they claim they're going to do that, and they tell you all kinds of things that, oh, we talked to the kid, we talked to this person, that person, and honestly, they're not doing anything. They sit there and say that there's no bullying policy in place, blah, blah, blah. I even gone to the superintendent, and I had to physically pull him from school for a month because of all the bullying that was happening. And it was just beyond ridiculous that they don't do anything at all. That's awful. And you said in kindergarten, Erica? It started, yeah, it started in kindergarten? In kindergarten. Mm-hmm. The that... first grader, he was trying to get a sip of water, and he was too short, and the kid walked by and pushed his head into the water fountain. <sighs> That's, that is so disgraceful. And, you know, I just have to say, like, parents, what are you teaching your children? Um, you know, children learn from their home environment. And it's up to us as adults to set an example and not to have this and to teach our children empathy and compassion. Um, I, I just had to say, Erica, that I work in a preschool and I'm a teacher's aide and I do the aftercare. <laughs> and I did not tolerate, and I could believe kindergarten because we had the kindergarten at, at a time, at, at that time. And I would hear the girls being mean to each other. And I said, oh, no, we don't have uh, mean girl talk in Miss Betsy's aftercare. We're all friends and we're nice to our friends. And then I heard one of those girls say, like a couple of days later, I'm going to tell Miss Betsy on you because she doesn't allow me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's up to the parents, it's up to the teachers to put a stop to this and mm-hmm. not to, you know, tolerate it. When a children are brought up in, in an environment, I mean, you know, it's not their fault in a way that they're taught to be hateful and uh, to bully people, you wonder what's going on in their home. And they should, the authorities, um, however they are, should look into that. Maybe that child is being abused at home and he's coming to, he or she is coming to school and taking that anger out on some defenseless person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. should really be looked at. And the thing that worries me is, like, he was so embarrassed by it. And he knows he can come to me about stuff. We've talked about that before in the past shows I've done with you. I have very open communication with my kids. They can come to me about anything. But he was so embarrassed, especially by the I kids in the class, that he didn't want to come to me. Did the teacher do anything? Not. Well, they sent them both to the principal's office to find out what happened. And one of the um, the counselors was supposed to call me. Never called me. I didn't find out about it until I found that letter in his backpack from that kid. And like I said, it, it only stated he was sorry because he didn't want to get in trouble again, not because he did it, but because he didn't want to get in trouble again. It's the only reason why that kid was sorry. That is so disgraceful. My son was bullied a little bit in junior high school, well, no, middle school. And one time, and my son has special needs, so he doesn't always understand what's being said to him. So some uh, classmate went up to Josh and said, Josh, tell this person that their mom is fat or we're going to beat you up. So Josh didn't know what to do because his cognitive uh, critical skills uh, problem. And so he felt scared, and of course he didn't tell the teacher in the lunchroom, and he went and said to the boy, your mom is fat. And so the kid punched Josh. And they all got into trouble. The boy who punched Josh got, um, I think he was suspended. And uh, the social worker called me, and I had to explain to Josh, and it's very hard when your child has special needs and processing. Don't do anyone's dirty work for them. If somebody tells you, go say something to someone or we're going to beat you up, you have to tell a teacher. If you don't know what to do, you need to go over and tell a teacher. 
because you're the one who's going to get hurt and you're going to get in trouble for doing someone else's dirty work. And, you know, a lot of times it's like I think bullying is peer pressure. Um, oh, I'm going to pick on, you know, say, oh, I'm going to pick on Betsy because this one is I'm just picking on Betsy, so I might as well join the crew, you know, mm-hmm. um, peer pressure. And I, I just want to tell a quick story. I was bullied by two girls in grammar school, uh, middle school. My mother didn't believe me. She thought it was my imagination. And please, parents, don't say that to your child, that's your imagination, or pretend it doesn't exist because it does exist. And you need to notice it. You need to do something about it because it does affect your child. And they made fun of me on how I walked and everything I did. They made my life a living hell. (laughs) This was about four years ago. Um, I got a message from uh, this girl who bullied me. And she must have remembered me from like over 40 years ago. And she said, do you remember me? And I was like, (laughs) I dropped the phone in my car. And I answered it back, of course I remember you. You bullied me, and why did you do it? And I always wanted to ask this, these two girls, why did they bully me? And the, the one a woman, well, she's a woman now, she said that she was sorry. Um, she's not that way anymore. She said, I'm a Christian. I'm not like that anymore. And I said, well, why did you hate me so much? What did I do to you that you hated me so much? She goes, I didn't hate you, Betsy. I just didn't want to be a good girl, and I just wanted to join in what this other girl was doing. And so I contacted the other girl, and she was like, oh, yeah, I was bad, ha-ha. She wasn't contrite. The other one was very sincere and apologizing, and we're Facebook friends. So (laughs) God works miracles. Yeah. But the thing is, too, is they need to make sure they can actually go to the teacher. Um, yes. When we had the issues with my oldest, the principal called me. Like, when Andrew had his seizures in school that one day, you know, she followed him to the hospital in the ambulance and waited for me to get there. It was so sweet and kind. It was texting me for days after to check on him. So I really sincerely thought that she was a, a good principal and a good person. I'm glad he's graduating from that school, though, um, especially because I have teacher friends there that are going to hear this. Um, but when the bullying happened, she said, and she sat Andrew and I down, she said, if it happens again, come straight to me. Tell the teacher you need to come to me. Next time it happened, he goes, I need to go see Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. He goes into her office. She goes, well, you need to go to the teacher. I'm sorry, do you not just sit there and tell me and my son to our faces that he needed to come straight to you, and now you're telling him to go to the teacher. So how are we supposed to trust that you're going to take care of any bullying issues that go on at all. And this is a growing problem mm-hmm. of bullying, especially now. I mean, I, I really do feel sorry for children that are getting bullied now because it's, it's like I said, it's on the media. It's not even just in the playground or walking back and forth to school if kids even do that anymore um, or on a bus and you know this affects somebody for the rest of their life um, I can honestly tell you it has affected me for a good part of my life and I'm going to well I am 62 so I had to do a turning point when I turned uh, 60 that like, you know what, this is, this is the past. I have to let go. I am good enough. Because your, your child's self-esteem, I want to tell our listeners out there, when they're being bullied, their self-esteem is getting attacked. Their worth as a person is getting attacked. And it needs to be addressed. The bullies need to be addressed. I heard a saying a long time ago, a bully is nothing but a coward turned inside out. And sometimes, I mean, back in my day, I don't know if it's wise to do today, but sometimes you just have to um, face a bully head on and say, you know, I don't like what you're doing. Stop it. But now people are so brazen and uh, defy uh, authority and have no respect for people. 
that it has to really go sometimes to the Board of Education. And there has been Board mm -hmm. of Education that have been sued because some child committed suicide and nothing, I should say, uh, anything was done about it. And this is sad, people. This is a sad commentary on society that children are being raised to be hateful and to be disrespectful. Um, I, I just think it's a disgrace. And that's the one thing that I keep repeating when I constantly have to go to the school. And I'm hoping high school will be different for him. But that's the one thing I constantly say is I will not let my son be a, st a statistic by no means. If he has to go to psychiatry, if he has to go talk to anybody, I'm not going to have him be so mentally messed up. And I'm going to add this in there too. Bullying is not just at school. It can happen from family members. My ex-mother-in-law yes. was terrible for it. She would worship the ground that my oldest son walked on. But my youngest, she treated him like crap. He is on the autism spectrum. He's got um, apraxia, um, several different things. She didn't want anybody to know he was autistic because she said that autistic kids are retarded. I don't like that word. I don't like that word. So it started with that. Then like at Christmas time, she would go and spend like three, four, five hundred dollars on my oldest and she had to borrow twenty dollars from her husband's sister to buy twelve dollars worth of presents for my youngest. And oh. it was not always just in the form of like, you know, verbal bullying or physical bullying, stuff like that. He heard overheard her talking about it. So he knows and even now she's not in their lives anymore because I've made sure of that. I've blocked her. They don't have any contact with her, but even now he knows he won't even call her Nana, which is what she was. He he calls her by her name, as he does his father and his grandfather on that side, all by their first name because they all treat him like crap. Ah, oh, that breaks my heart, Erica. That's that's not to make me start crying because Josh, you know, my son has special needs, and my son was the first grandchild, the only boy. And Josh is very uh, sensitive. And when my father um, had his 80th birthday party, my parents had moved down to South Jersey. And somebody said to Josh, who are, who are you? And Josh said, I'm their grandson. And the person, uh, my parents' friend said, oh, I didn't know they had a grandson. Well, they talk about it as their granddaughters. Mm. And that was really hurtful to Josh, very mm -hmm. hurtful. Um, I would have addressed it to my parents, but I know they don't care. They don't care about hurting uh, my son's feelings or mine for that matter, because I was verbally um, abused, emotionally abused by my parents. And that's why I have issues that I'm constantly working on, but it, it hurt him. And when my father was in a facility, my mom said uh, to the staff, these are the granddaughters I always talk about. And I had to say, this is her only grandson. And I think she's ashamed. I'm sorry to say it, but I think she's ashamed that Josh has a disability. And Josh is a grandchild who talks to her, sends her cards, but, you know, he's not from the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, so it's, he's not from my, uh, the golden boy. Yeah. And that's why he gets treated that way. And, you know, that's it, not right. And I'm so sorry about that because your children are adorable. Um, Thank you. <laughs> they are so cute, and it really just breaks my heart. And I have to say that, and, you know, other staff members that I work with might think that I'm crazy, but when I hear another child call someone a name or they hit them, I sit them both down, and I'll say to the child, well, this is what you did to your friend and now your friend is crying 
because you hurt their feelings by calling a name. Now, how would you feel if they called you that name or they, you know, hit you? So this is a way that I try to teach empathy and compassion. Well, if you don't like it or you wouldn't like it, what makes you think they like it? Mm -hmm. You know, to treat people, going back to the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. And, but people don't do that. And I think people have just gotten um, callous and just, um, I don't know, there's a, a word for it, and I can't think of it right now, but they just are um, unattached. Like there's like a disattachment, a disengagement of feelings towards people. No emotion, yep. Yes, emotionally detached, yes. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the, well, uh, games that they play or things they see on TV, but that just, you know, not having that attachment or, oh, I see it on TV, so if I hurt someone, that's okay, they'll come back. Um, mm-hmm. And it's they don't know reality from fantasy. And I had a little boy in the daycare, and he was from a messed up family, and he had, this child had issues. At three years old, four years old, this child already had issues. He was already kicked out of one preschool for choking a child. And he had to leave our place. And there's red flags. The parents need to see red flags. Teachers need to see red flags. If you ignore it, it's not going away. It's not going to go away. Please. Listeners, if your children, whether a boy or a girl, are showing signs of being mean to animals, um, and you're hearing reports of them being mean, it's a red flag. If they take pleasure in hurting animals and other kids, take them for help, please. Because if you don't, they're going to grow up as an adult with severe problems, and they can actually... I hate to say this, but kill somebody because violence only escalates if it's not taken care of, if anger management isn't done or the root of the mental um, illness isn't done. I mean, you might say, oh, bullying is not a mental illness. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Then why are they bullying? Why are they being so mean to somebody? There's a problem there. Now, I don't mm-hmm. care if the listeners disagree with me. There's a problem. There's a problem when you as a person have to make somebody feel so bad and make them cry and just want to make them kill themselves. Yes, that person who's doing that to someone has a mental problem. I'm not ashamed to say it here on Johnny with Betsy. You're going to get the truth. Take your child for help, please. Please do it. Because if not, you're going to have a, a problem. Because the older they are, it's going to be worse. So I just want to, you know, say that. And then the child who is getting bullied, they need help. They need help dealing with this. Trust me. They need help in dealing with it. And it's, there's nothing wrong with taking your child for help. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be worried about what other people think. You know, people think, oh, what will they think? I'm taking my child to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Who cares? Get them help. It's better that they get help than for you to find them dead. I'm being very blunt because that's how it is. I have to be. This is a serious, serious issue, listeners. And, you know, I, I survived bullying, but... I guess I was always a strong person, and I had no one to turn to. There was no one for me to talk to. I had to deal with it myself. Please, I'm begging the listeners who hear this, take your child for help, whether they're being the bully or they're being bullied. Go ahead, Erica. I got on my tangent. You're fine. Um, (laughs) My youngest, though, he's had a few incidents. and I, I don't mean this how it might sound bad, but with him being autistic, I thought he's high on the spectrum, but I thought he would have had more incidents of being bullied, but he hasn't. Um, and the, the teachers are still the same teachers that were there when my oldest was at school. Absolutely love every teacher there because 
even my oldest going into high school, they will still text or Snapchat or Facebook message me and check on him just to see how he's doing in general with his seizures, with life, how the bullying is, has it gotten better, giving me advice, just being there. And Foster, my youngest, um, had been in class with a kid and they're friends. And he comes home, you know, it's like a week straight and he's crying, upset, saying this kid's calling me an idiot. He won't stop. I've gone to the teacher who was a substitute at the time, so I don't know what happened. But she just kind of let it go. And then it escalated to where this child called my youngest son a faggot. And I'm like, he called you what? And he, he told me again, and he doesn't know what that means. My best friend who lives with me, she's a lesbian, so we don't use that language, especially around the kids. So when I approached the teacher about it, she said she would talk to him. Of course, the parents said, oh, he doesn't know what that means. He's never heard that word. Obviously, he's heard it somewhere because my youngest is not going to lie about something like that. He has no reason to. And uh, he wouldn't have heard that word from anywhere. I don't shelter him completely from playing certain video games and watching certain things, but I do have a limit. And nowhere on anything he's ever played or watched have I ever heard that word. So don't put it off saying that, Oh, well, my child doesn't know that. My child will never do that. Your child will do a lot more than you even pay attention to. It might not be that you don't, it might be that you don't think they do. You don't pay attention to your kid enough to know what they see you do or what they hear or what they see on TV and video games. Pay more attention to your kids. Get off your phone. Get out of work early if you can. Just pay more attention to your kids so you know what they are seeing and doing and what they're capable of instead of putting it off as, no, they, they've not heard that word before. Mm, that's not possible. It is, obviously, because it's happening. Yes, yeah, they, <laughs> no, yeah, they, and that's, you know, that's all they do. They learn from home. And, you know, when, I, I mean, I have even been um, in a car where a child is being picked on and the parent joined in mm-hmm. like you know and, and this is back in the 70s this is how children learn that it's acceptable to um to do that now you might people might think oh betsy this is a very touchy subject with you you get very emotional you're darn right i get emotional and you're darn right it's a touchy subject when you've been bullied yeah it's a very touchy yeah. subject when you see parents, and I, I've heard of this, like, in sports um, teams, you know, like a little league, or they might call it different things in different places, but, you know, when parents are bullying the coach, getting into fights with the coach, and yeah. yelling at kids, I mean, it's a sport, people. Chill out. Don't expect your children to be perfect. They're not. You're not perfect. Your child is not going to be perfect. And don't make your child live your dream and then belittle them because they don't measure up to you. Because, you know, poop rolls downhill. If a kid is being bullied at home, they're going to go out to the school and bully somebody. I was bullied, so then I wanted to bully somebody. Not that I could, because I was a little thing, so can I bully? <laughs> so I, I picked on the, the weakest, someone weaker than me. Um, but I wasn't too bad. I just teased a little bit. But I shouldn't have done that. Regardless, I shouldn't have done it. But this is what happens. Because bullies like control. They want to control the situation. And, you know, you find it in the workplace. Erica, have you ever been bullied at work? <laughs> yes, plenty of times. By a female or a male? Um, both, but mainly female, because they use their position of authority to be able to bully you. Yes. And how were you bullied at work? I'm just curious. <coughs> it was a lot of, you basically have to do the grunt work, um, the stuff that nobody else wants to do, calling, I had, I can't, this one makes me so mad, just cussing at me and belittling me in front of not only my coworkers, but customers. 
And this was at a pharmacy that I worked at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I was belittled um, in front of a patient by another nurse. And when we got out of the room, I said, you know what, you can say whatever you want to me, but not in front of a patient. Because mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not good. And I was bullied at the workplace and felt intimidated by people at work. And it's not a good feeling. Um, and for some reason, nurses and God bless nurses, what they're doing this pandemic, but I'm going back like 36 years ago, okay, not today, but 36 years ago, um, working in a hospital, I mean, if they didn't like you, they'd make your life miserable that you would ask to get off of that floor. And I have seen yeah. it. Um, I have seen where people would set somebody up to get fired. Um, I don't understand why, especially like you're in nursing, you're there to help people, why you're so mean to another nurse. I, can't, I still can't figure it out. But if people would just be kind, you know, your children learn from example. And even if you weren't brought up to be kind or you were brought up to make fun of people, because that's what your parents did. That doesn't mean that you have to do it. That doesn't mean you have to pass it down to another generation. Stop. You could break the chain, people. And it's time that, you know, you've, Erica's right. If you can leave work early, do it. Stay off your phone. Um, and pay attention to your children. You know, children need boundaries. They need, um, they want boundaries. And children will do what is expected of them if you give them guidelines. And that's very important when it comes to treating people kindly and being respectful to people. And I believe that's why there's the problem we have today in society. Because a generation was brought up not to be respectful and not to care. It's like a, you know, a me, me, me thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, entitlement and you don't get what you want. So you're going to people think they could have a hissy fit and, you know, just stomp on people and treat people any way they want. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, too, when parents excuse me, <coughs> ignore signs of the, a child needing help. Um, I can't say it enough, listeners. Please pay attention to your children. Please look for signs if your child needs help, if your child becomes withdrawn, if your child is no longer enjoying things that they used to do, if they're having eating, um, not eating correctly, not sleeping correctly, sleeping too much, Um, just observe them if they're doing things. If you notice bruises on them, cuts on them, some children cut themselves, Um, some children pull out their hair, you need to be observant. And parents, don't let your pride get in your way of your child needing help. Swallow your pride and get your child help. It's okay. Don't worry what your neighbors think or anyone else. Who cares? Is your child more important? Your child should be of utmost importance to you. And that might include, okay, my child has a problem. What do I do? Where do I go? Did your child's school guide these bullies or you in what to do about the bullying? No, not at all. Uh, they just, like I said, they brushed it under the rug. Like, it never happened. And then once I went to the superintendent at the time, who I happened to know because he was previously a principal at my oldest son's elementary school, he was very upset by everything going on and the fact that it happened the way it did and it just got pushed to the side. And it took me going to them 
even I guess even that didn't help because that shortly after that's when I had to pull them. Um, I pulled him from school and opened a homeschool for a little over a month, and he just got very lazy in his schoolwork. So he does better in a structured environment where he is in school. So the superintendent told me if I could find a middle school that would take him, that, you know, that'd be great. Go ahead and get him back in school. Of course, the only one that I can find that's closest that would make sense is his old one. So when he went back, he didn't have any issues. A lot of his teachers were happy to see him again. Um, But then COVID happened. And so, like I said, I'm hoping that high school is a little bit better for him. Um, He's in the band, and they played a couple times at the high school. And he met some really nice kids there. And, you know, they said that once he started this coming year that they would look out for him, which made me feel so much better. And I hope they truly do because there are still some good kids out there. And in my opinion, with especially with bullying, I don't think it's always stuff that they see at home. Sometimes I honestly believe that they're acting out and bullying because they're, they want their parents' attention, and they're not getting mm-hmm. it. And so they're doing anything that they can to get that attention. That's a good point. Excellent point. You're right. They're not getting the attention. I see this at preschool. You know, both parents work all the time, and they're not getting attention. And it's really a cry for help. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was going to suggest that if a child is being bullied, that you, a parent, go to the guidance counselor. Maybe they can make suggestions of where you could go in your area um, to get help. You, someone can call out their um, local community center or mental health center and see if what they offer for children. Uh, you could call your insurance company and see about child social workers uh, that specialize with children or psychologists and, you know, take your child for help. And maybe the whole family needs counseling. Sometimes that, that needs to happen. You know, the whole family needs uh, counseling. And, you know, I think unfortunately it's sometimes it just gets um, carried on from one generation to the next. I know when Josh was young, I had to catch myself. And, you know, you you catch yourself sounding like your parent, and then I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do this to my Mm -hmm. kid. i got to stop. And I broke the chain of verbal and emotional abuse because I would never want my child to go through what I went through. And sometimes, you know, if you're brought up with it, you don't realize it. Sometimes people don't realize how they talk to people. And it could just be, you know, that. But for someone to call someone a name, such as a derogatory name, like your son was called, um, that person, I believe, knew what they were saying. And they knew it was derogatory. Um, I had a boss one time who just was, didn't know how to talk to people. <laughs> she had a good side to her, but she had like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and if you got under that underside, watch out. Um, but, and I, I worked with two younger um, women at the preschool and they were type of bullies. But, you know, you need a job, so I just sucked it up and I didn't tell anybody uh, until after the fact. But now I know uh, from my own experience that I cannot let someone bully me ever again in a workplace that has to be addressed. And, you know, it does happen in the workplace. What does it look like in the workplace? Well, if it's a man with a, with a woman, it could be sexual harassment. Um, it could be a male-to-male um, employee making uh, fun of somebody, bullying them, uh, not talking uh, correctly. It could be woman-to-woman, uh, they're, you know, backstabbing and um, malicious lies and gossip. That is a form of bullying, uh, belittling somebody in front of someone. And if you're in a work environment, 
and you feel that you're being bullied, if you can, go to your human resource person and place a complaint and see if you can build a case because this really should not be tolerated in a workplace environment. And, I you know, maybe, for, I, I think I you will, know. sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess I was just super blessed growing up. Um, I had amazing parents. My mom obviously still alive. My dad passed away. Um, and I never looked at it. It was never bullying to me. My dad, the way he showed affection and love, he was never really shown love growing up. You know, if I would say, hey, daddy, I love you, he'd go, mm-hmm, or what do you want now? But he would <laughs> pick on me. And that's how he shows, that's how he would show people he liked them. Like, if he picked on you, that's how he showed you that he liked you. He would call me wide load. And it was, I was skinny, but it was a joke between me and him. So, like, whenever we'd see, like, a wide load on the road on the back of a truck, he'd be like, hey, there's your sign. And that wasn't, <laughs> you know, to me, that wasn't bullying me because right. that was him showing affection. And that's how I am with my boys. Like, we pick on each other, and they know it's okay to pick on in the household, it's okay if we pick on each other. Like, Andrew, he has his panic attacks when he thinks about having a seizure. And so we always joke around and say, like, little seizures type thing. Like, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not saying the word. But then he'll be like, stop, and he'll start giggling about it. Because I want them to be able to banter with each other and not think that they're going to hurt the other person's feelings because it's not always like that. I tell my kids all the time I love them just because I was raised like that with my mom and my dad. Again, my dad didn't say it a lot, rare occasion, but my mom constantly, I even still almost 40 year old, 44 years old call her <laughs> two or three times a day. <laughs> and I always make sure before I go to bed at night, tell her I love her, you know. And it's just, because when you say, you know, being verbally abused and stuff like that. I never saw it like that with my dad because that's how he showed affection. But he was never cruel about it. Yeah, he called me wide load, but I was right. also a size two. So, I mean, I knew he wasn't being mean about it. So I guess it's just Right, and that's how, the difference. Right. Yeah, in each household, how it is. Right, right. That, that you know, you like you knew. Um, some parents do it until a child cries and you know that's you know that's totally different um or if a person is you know um heavy and then they make fun of them you know that would be different uh your father was calling you the opposite of what you were um right. and but you know you knew it was a joke it, it's you know it, it depends on the family you know and how it's said you know too because, uh, you know, some people do, you know, kid around with each other like that. As long as you know it's kidding around, that's fine. It's when it gets to be that malicious. Yeah. You and know, I know we're obviously on the subject of bullying, but I want to bring up to how you keep mentioning about letting your kids get help, get help, get help, get help, yeah. take them to psychiatrist. That is really important. Um, even as an older child to my kids, I mean, to my mom and dad, um, after my first, after I first, lost my first child, I suffered with severe depression, and I was a cutter. I'm not ashamed of it. I will flat out tell anybody who wants to know my story, I was a cutter. It, it helped ease my pain that I was feeling inside. Um, I tried to commit suicide a couple times, unsuccessfully, obviously, thankfully. Um, I have grown from it. My kids know, they don't know about the cutting and about the suicide attempts, but I have committed myself before, um, most recently back in 2018 after my dad passed away because I knew that I was not okay and I wasn't on any medication at the time because I don't like taking medicine. I just lost my dad and I just felt like my entire world was crumbling and I was honest with my kids and I told them I said, I'm going to the mental hospital for a couple of days to get help for myself so I can be there for you guys. And th that's where I keep the line of communication open. I don't hide stuff from them. I'm getting ready to start another depression medication because my mom's fixing to move. I've never been more than 10 miles from my mom, and she's fixing to move almost four hours away from me, and I'm not okay. 
Like, I don't have my dad around. I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. I don't no, have my don't dad be around. sorry. I understand. Yeah, it's <laughs> my hard. My mom is moving away from me, and I just, I constantly tell people, like, I feel like I'm drowning, and I'm reaching out for somebody to help me, and I feel like there's nobody there to reach a hand out to me. And I'm constantly feeling like that. You can see pictures of me on Facebook. I look like the happiest person in the world. I'm not. I am far from it. I feel destroyed, completely destroyed by everything I've been through the past couple of years. But I'm working on myself. And that's what you need to let your kids know. You don't have to tell them everything. Like if you've attempted suicide, obviously unless they're older, don't talk to them about that stuff. They don't need to know that stuff. But if you're working on yourself and you're on medication or you're going to get help yourself or you have to be committed, tell them. They'll understand and they'll appreciate you so much more when they get older than if you were to hide it from them and they find out and then, you know, they have that stigma of, ooh, that's, why would you commit yourself? That's wrong, you know, type thing. So now back in the day, obviously, it wasn't something that you were proud of, but I'm proud of myself for knowing I needed the help at the time. I mean, I honestly feel like I could probably use the help again now, but I know that, so I'm doing what I need to do to get the help that I need right now, if that makes sense. Oh, no, that, make, that makes a, a lot of sense. I understand completely. I mean, Josh knew that I went for counseling um, four years ago because I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown dealing with Matt's um, progression. And I was flying off the handle, and I did. I needed counseling. And I'm going for grief counseling now, and, of course, now it's over the phone. And... I encourage, you know, Josh to go for counseling and I want to commend you, Erica, because it takes a brave, courageous person to say on radio and share your experience and I appreciate that and I love you for your honesty and your openness uh, to say, you know what, I'm not okay and you know what, folks, it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to be okay and strong 24 7 and I really don't like it when people say be strong because what Erica's been through she is strong she's a very strong woman but you know what I'm a strong woman too but we all have our breaking points at some point we we have a melting point and and that's okay don't judge us because if you haven't walked in Erica's shoes and you haven't walked in my shoes you don't know what we've been through and I, I really don't like people telling me to be strong or for Josh to be strong. My husband was dying, and you're telling me to be strong? Come on. And, you know, Eric has been through a lot of loss, and there's only so much a person can take, and everybody's ability to take situations is different. And I think everybody really should have some form of counseling because somebody has some kind of issue and people should not judge because someone goes for, for help. That's a sign of strength, folks. It's a sign, and I'll say it over and over again. It's a sign of strength for someone to say, yeah, I need help. I'm going to be on a medication. I'm going to go for counseling. I'm going to go into, you know, a hospital. That's a sign of strength. You're a strong woman, Erica. And I don't feel like it's I just, <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I wish I could hug you. And um, I'm here for you. I'm a PM away. Um, if you need to talk, I'm here. And I, I just think you're a, a great mom and you're doing a, a wonderful job. Um, you are a great daughter. Uh, Erica's father had Louis body dementia. She was on just a, what, last month, about mm -hmm. telling her story and dealing with them, you know, how it affects um, children. And, you know, it's, it's not easy, folks. It's not easy at all to deal with grieving. And whether it's a loss of a miscarriage, a parent, a husband, a partner, whoever it is that's close to you, it's hard. Grieving is hard. It's, it's just hard. And 
I would never tell somebody, oh, I know how you feel because I don't. I never had a miscarriage. I don't know how that feels. I, I could have just imagined how I would feel, but I would never say to anybody, oh, I know how you feel because I don't know. And, you know, I wish people would realize that that is a loss. And people think, oh, no, that's not a loss. It is a loss. And I want people to wake up. Literally, I like to shake some people and wake up and say, you know what? People grieve in different ways. People have different ways of dealing with their problems. And it's not anything to be ashamed of to go for help. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's a good topic of bullying and talking about going for, for help. The stigma of going for help and mental health issues needs to stop. The stigma needs to stop people. And you know how it stops? When we stop judging people, going for help, and saying mean things to them or behind their back because they're going for help. I know I was called names. I sure was. I went for therapy when it wasn't cool to go for therapy, and I was called, um, see, what did my sister call me? Schizophrenic, psycho, and guess what, folks? My sister went for therapy. So people who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Thank you, Erica, so much for coming on and sharing your truth. I appreciate your openness. I, I really do. And people can get in touch with you on your Facebook page. Of course, yes. Yep. Erica, E-R-I-K-A-S-H-E-S-S. And people can get in touch with me on my Facebook page, Betsy Wurzel, W-U-R-Z-E-L. You can comment on this show. Go to Passion World Talk Radio. Please uh, read the blog and share it. Share this audio cast if you missed any of it. Chatting with Betsy is on Spreaker, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, you could subscribe, Apple Podcasts. It doesn't cost money to subscribe. And I want to thank Jeannie White for writing the blog and producing the show. And for want to thank Jeannie, not Jeannie, Lydia Caldwell um, mm-hmm. for Passion World Talk Radio. I already thank Jeannie. <laughs> um, I don't think Lillian gets thanked enough for creating a radio station where people can speak their truth. And on Shining with Betsy, I encourage my guests to speak their truth because that's what I do. And people be kind. Just be kind to each other. Love up on each other. And teach your children by example. And I know this might sound like I'm a hippie, but I'm not. Uh, just try to be peaceful, live in peace and, you know, just chill out and stay home, stay safe and, you know, just be kind. That's all. We need kindness in this world. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Until we chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Passion World Talk Radio. Chat with you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>